Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning, friends. Welcome in. I am Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn, and we're thrilled to have you with us this morning in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Of course, Cam Clutter is our barista, and we will begin our morning with our Rejoice Advent Reflections by Father Mark Toops, and then around 8.15, Father Ramon Oera will share with us the Filipino tr- Christmas tradition of Zimbang Zing, help me out, Dave. Zimbangabi. Zing Zimbangabi. There we go. <laughs> but I want to confirm we're saying it like like pros. Yeah. Zimbangabi or Zimbangabi, but that's we'll why we're having Father Ramon with us to clear up these uh, <laughs> these confusions. That's right, Dave. You want to start us with a prayer? Absolutely, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, Father. Mm, This morning, we're in awe of your greatness and thankful for you. Just, uh, Just in awe of the greatness of your love, especially in this time of year approaching Christmas where you became one of us because you love us so much. So just help us today, Father, to um, strive to look at things through your eyes, uh, to see things in people and events as you see them. Grant us that grace that um, that by by seeing the world as you do, uh, we can just grow more deeply in love with you. And today, Father, we're grateful for Our Lady that you entrusted uh, your Son to our Blessed Mother. And as we celebrate Our Lady of Guadalupe, just there also to fall more deeply in love with you, your Son, and our Blessed Mother. So, Father, we bring this to you in the name of your Son, who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. He's a great God, isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> and today uh, we do celebrate the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And we'll be talking to Father Ramon some about that. How was your evening? Oh, it was lovely. I uh, went to the gym, which was good because I haven't been for a while. So I'm trying to get back on a good schedule. I sat in my chair. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Got some relaxed time? Or did I you did. read? I read. I hung out. Carol and I are working our way through the six and a, and a half hour long Jesus of Nazareth movie. This is the one that was done in the 70s for the BBC and Italian TV. Wow. So six and a half hours. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So we do half hour, 45 minutes each evening. Yeah. That's so. a nice way to reflect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very nicely done. Some diocesan news. Uh, yesterday morning, uh, there was a joint statement released on uh, 
the potential merger of the Diocese of Columbus and the Diocese of Steubenville. So this uh, report was, or this uh, statement was issued. I'll read it to you. Uh, Bishop Paul J. Bradley, the Apostolic Administrator of the Diocese of Steubenville, and Bishop Earl K. Fernandez of the Diocese of Columbus, along with their staffs, have begun very preliminary discussions regarding the potential merger of the dioceses. The Apostolic Nunciatur has asked the diocese to work together to consider how different dimensions of the diocese, including the temporal aspects of life, might be affected by such a proposal. While no decision has been made, due diligence is needed so an educated and responsible decision can be discerned in a timely manner. Ultimately, the decision is up to the Holy Father. The work has begun, and as the work continues, updates will be provided. Bishop Bradley and uh, Bishop Fernandez asked the clergy and the laity to pray that the unified work may be fruitful. So we do pray this morning for the Diocese of Columbus, Bishop Fernandez, the Diocese of Steubenville, the Most Reverend Paul J. Bradley. You are in our prayers. So there you have it. There you go. So our Advent reflection for Tuesday of the second week of Advent, our theme today is different. Mr. Clutter? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Father Mark Toops writes, What was in Mary's heart during the first advent? How did Joseph love her? Today we will answer the first question, and tomorrow we will consider the second. There was much in Mary's heart that was different from what she expected. Tradition points us to the writings of the early desert fathers, who held that Mary embraced the fullness of perpetual virginity, along the lines presented in Numbers 30 verses 4 through 6. In other words, the fathers teach that Mary had intended to remain a virgin and had made such a promise to God before her betrothal to Joseph. Therefore, Mary never, never expected to conceive a child and imagine her surprise at the Annunciation. Not only would she bear a child, but would be the very Son of God, the promised Messiah. All of this was different from what she expected. Most of us can relate to things being different than we expect. Perhaps your marriage looks different from what you first dreamed it would look like. Perhaps your family looks different than what you had hoped for. Perhaps your career or job is very different from what you expected. Our lives rarely meet our expectations or look like what we once envisioned. Mary teaches all of us this Advent where to go with what is in our hearts. We are called to take everything in our hearts to God. Certainly, we are called to take the particular circumstances of our life, along with our emotions, to God. Anything that is different than what we expected. It was Mary's consistency with her prayer, even amidst challenging circumstances, that allowed her to experience God with her. Advent is not always the easiest time of year to pray. 
it often materializes differently from our expectations, whether it is dealing with family or loneliness during the holidays. Advent requires us to stay focused in prayer so that we can bring to the Lord whatever may be different from our expectations. Amen. In our scripture passage today are verses from Isaiah chapter 55. Oh, everyone who thirst, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For the heavens are higher than the earth, and so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I intend and prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Amen, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. I love that passage uh, here from uh, Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I am so glad that his thoughts (laughs) are better than my thoughts, uh, and, and just that yeah, it, it's challenging also because, boy, there's so much trust in there that um, that his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. and Submission and, and surrender, uh, that, uh, that God's ways uh, are so much his plans, his, uh, yeah, just his plan for everything and how great he is that he has everything under his dominion at one, at one point, you know, in one respect, that's very comforting that we have a God, a father like that, but then turning our, our human frailty, our shortcomings over, uh, and surrender them to, to the Lord's providence is hmm, that's a lot to reflect on there. Yeah, I think it also puts into perspective what Father Mark writes in the reflection. Um, When I first, uh, if you're following along by reading the book, the very 
like there's a big word on the left side of the page on a, on a given day. And usually that word is the theme of the week. And so this, this week or today, the word was different. And when I read that, I was expecting Father Mark to write about, you know, it's our call to be different, to be countercultural, to, you know, be a people who, who do this instead of that because the secular culture says one thing and God says the other. So we take the road less traveled, you know. But as we read it, he was like, <laughs> no, it's it's different in the sense of like you had an expectation that was not met. And I was like, oh, um, that happens all the time, doesn't it? Right. In big ways and little ways, you know, even even just yesterday. This is a really simple example. Um, one of my wife and I's favorite meals to make for dinner. We'll make these like Mediterranean bowls. It's quinoa and chicken and tomatoes and cucumbers and hummus. And it's it's yummy goodness in a bowl. And we hit like 5.30, 6 p.m. We just got back from Costco. We're both like starving. And the expectation is that we're going to sit down and make these Mediterranean bowls, which involves work and prep and stuff like that. And, and I had to look at Bailey and be like, why don't we just heat up soup? We have soup. Let's just do that. And, and had to reorient that, like, expectation of what was for dinner. And and that might be, like, a really simple example, but um, even, like, especially in those bigger things, like you were saying, Dave, God's thoughts are not our thoughts. God's ways are not our ways. And so when we set our expectation in the Lord, it's not that, like, he, and and I think this is, like, really what the Lord is speaking to me in it, too. It's not that he like gives up on our plan as or says like oh oh you silly little cam you have no idea what what's good for you or what's bad for you but it's it's almost that like he supersedes it that he goes above and beyond what my expectation is and sometimes that looks different than than what i think it should often quite often (laughs) (laughs) actually that was part of my reflection this morning as well just this idea of yeah different we have expectations and they end up differently and it just made me think about how yeah many times when we have dreams or hopes or when we envision our future we don't often envision the work that it will take to get there sometimes Mm. or the purification process that the Lord wants to do in the midst of all that because I mean we're we're like hardwired for our self-preservation right we we typically tend towards comfort and things often turn out a lot differently but in the Lord's ultimate plan maybe he says oh that's a that's a beautiful desire that you have but I know your path to purification and holiness. Mm. And so he has those maybe bumps along the road, air quotes, bumps, because maybe they're what he intends, even though we don't expect them. They're quite different because he knows what we need. And to take it back to the reflection, I was struck by Mary teaches us this Advent where to go with what's in her heart. And I I circled where to go because in those unmet expectations or in those circumstances that we don't understand, I think a lot of times I can personally get 
maybe, you know, pity or despair. And yet um, what Mary is teaching us is she knows where to go with those feelings, those emotions, those unexpected things, because she has that ultimate trust that Dave, like you were alluding to and what you, what we read that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, that his plan is better than our plan (laughs) and that he's going to bring goodness out of it. And that's a lot of trust. That's a lot of humility. Um, yeah. There's, there's one line in here that I kind of, I smiled at from a father Toops. uh, imagine Mary's surprise at the annunciation. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, a little understated, right? I, uh, yeah. She's <laughs> expecting her whole life to be one of, you know, just quiet, like offering her, her virginity, her life to the Lord. It's like, well, you're going to get married. You're going to have a child. You're going to, it's going to be the son of God. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, Mary, if you think today was wild, buckle up because the <laughs> next nine months, um, and then, yeah, and then Joseph, uh, right. boom, you know, there, there's some surprises in store for you, buddy. Uh, yeah. and just that whole journey, but that, that, that's what I, I, I think is such a good, um, uh, disposition to have during Advent is, is to welcome those surprises and, and really have that consistency in prayer during the season where, we open ourselves to receive God's surprises. Mm-hmm. And that comes out in, in Isaiah 55 is just, Lord, just show me your, your ways. Show me what you have planned. You know, please let me glimpse just a little right. bit of, uh, of what you have in store. But, but also that he, trust. Right. Even is, if he doesn't show us, right? Yeah. To trust his plan. And that's, you know, you're, you're living through this now, uh, uh, you and, uh, and Bailey Cam, that uh, just the sh- sheer joy of, uh, of all of discovering things mm-hmm. each day. I mean, it, there it's just one after another. Having that childlike wonder and awe is, is what's, you know, Oh my gosh, that's a wooden spoon. This is so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, hey, this is a room in the apartment that I never knew existed. Right. <laughs> and, and, and so for us just to be open to what the Lord has in store for us each day. Yeah. And that reminds me of verses 10 and 11 in the scripture passage that um, Isaiah's prophesying for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth verse 11 so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth and it shall not return to me empty as in it not like that it's going to return to him return to god with wholeness but it shall not return to me like with empty intention Mm. That the intention is that it waters the soil that it goes to. He says it in the next verses, but it shall accomplish that which I intend and prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And that's us. The thing for which he sent it is is you and me. Um, like you were saying, Dave, we can't <laughs> receive that, though, unless like we, we put ourselves in that place to to recognize it and receive it. You can't like 
receive the rain from heaven if you don't pull your bucket out of the closet, right? Or or your right. cup out of the cupboard or or whatever analogy you want to use there. And and place yourself in that disposition to say, I recognize, Lord, that you are pouring out that grace and and I am ready to receive it. Turn the umbrella upside down, right? Collect some. Yeah, of the rain I mean whatever you can has. to receive the grace from the Amen. Lord, right? Whatever you can catch it in. Do you guys have any practical takeaways for today? I think um, one of the things that comes to mind for me is latching on to that word of God that he's pouring out on each of us and, and like ruminating in it all day. So the one that's like really been sticking with me and actually even kind of comes up here is just the Lord saying like, my grace is sufficient. And that comes from the St. Paul saying that the, that the Lord's grace is sufficient and just latching onto that and reminding yourself throughout the day, like, okay, Lord, your grace for this moment is sufficient when I'm dead tired at 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. and 5 a.m. when my daughter's waking up, when I am overloaded with work and I don't know what to do with that, when I come home to a family that's, you know, screaming or crying or whatever it is, when I come home to a messy house or whatever it might be. Um, my grace is sufficient. Father, I humbly ask you for the grace to find you in the midst of all that may be different than I expected in my life. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Coming up next, we have Father Ramon Oera, the pastor of St. Dominic and the administrator of Holy Rosary and St. John parishes. Stay with us. O almighty and eternal God, look upon the face of thy son Jesus. We present it to thee with confidence to implore thy pardon. The all-merciful advocate opens his mouth to plead our cause. Hearken to his cries, behold his tears. O God, and through his infinite merits, hearken to him when he intercedes for us, poor miserable sinners. Amen. Do you have a minute for lasting happiness? Living virtuously is the way to freedom, happiness, and holiness. To grow in virtue, we must learn about it, practice it, and persevere in it. This is what the saints have achieved with excellence. An excellent example of the virtue of honesty is seen in St. Stephen. He lived honesty heroically by being truthful and open about his belief in Christ. He challenged the religious leaders of the synagogue to be honest with themselves about their need for conversion. He spoke the truth to them, full of the Holy Spirit, but they rejected it and put Stephen to death. His honesty brought him the great grace of becoming the first martyr. Let us ask St. Stephen to pray for us, that we too may grow in honesty. Educate yourself in virtue. Learn more at educationinvirtue.com. I'm Lori Kroc, and this is a Holy and Healthy Minute. One of the things I'm learning from Pope Francis is to focus more on people and less on efficiency. We can sometimes miss Jesus in the face of our neighbor when we are solely focused on completing a task, even if it's a good work. 
Pope Francis said we must grow in passion for evangelizing. If we must sacrifice something, let's sacrifice organization and move forward with the mysticism of the saints. How can we do this in daily life? Here's an example. I'm a member of a spiritual book group, and at first we marched efficiently through the book. Over time, we began sharing more personal stories and allowing the Holy Spirit to move in us and guide our time together. We are less efficient, but we are acting with more humility and love. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, help us to put people before efficiency and to strive for the mysticism of the saints. Amen. Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn, and right now we welcome Father Ramon Aguera, the pastor of St. Dominic's and the administrator at Holy Rosary St. John. Good morning, Father Ramon. Good morning, Dave and Amanda. Good morning. <laughs> How are you, Father? I'm doing great. You sound so joyful this morning. Of course, because it's the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Amen. So it's always been joyful for us. <laughs> we have a mother who is always with us. In fact, we are looking and excited for the coming of Simbangabi. Yes. Yep. Say it like a champ. Simbangabi. Simbangabi. Ah, you got it. <laughs> it's okay. I'll say it differently in a couple minutes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, uh, I just love the story of Juan Diego and uh, how Our Lady blessed him i read a reflection also this morning that this is really the beginning of the mexican the origin of the mexican people uh began with uh our lady of guadalupe so it brings the uh the different cultures uh together and i had never really looked at it that way but what i like about uh, uh juan diego is you know he's just strolling through you know the hills and then Our Lady appears, and then he tries to take a different path to avoid her, <laughs> and thinking, yeah. he, thinking he might, you know, he might avoid her just by taking another trail, like she would know how to find him. So, well, it's so interesting. He was going to attend mass, mm-hmm. and on the way, that was the moment that our Blessed Mother appeared to him. So I think it's really interesting to reflect how our Blessed Mother appeared to him on the way to the to receive the Holy Eucharist. Mm-hmm. One of the things that too I, I uh, really appreciate is the, uh, especially as we celebrate Our Lady of Guadalupe here in the midst of the Advent season, is that she's with child, and how. Um, how she appeared uh, on Juan Diego's uh, Tilma is as as a pregnant woman. Indeed, it is. What um what are your what are your prayers? How how's your Advent going, Father? Well, my Advent is going very well, and 
We are also having meetings with the committee on Simbangabi, and we are planning for this year Simbangabi, and also with uh, my two parishes, and also every Tuesday. In fact, after this interview, I'll be going to Children's Hospital because I'm also chaplain of Children's Hospital. Oh, I didn't know that. Every Tuesdays and Thursdays, mm -hmm. making rounds, visiting um, the Catholic patients. Yeah, it's quite busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't know that you were at uh, Children's. What a blessing it is for uh, yes. for the children yes. and their families. Yes. Yeah, it's been a year because uh, they did not have any Catholic priests for a long time. So last year, Father Mike Lamb uh, called me if I would like to do minister children. Said I'm happy to do that. Because when I came to Columbus in 2011, I was a hospital chaplain for several hospitals, Mount Carmel, and Ohio Health, until I was uh, appointed by Bishop Campbell to be the pastor of St. Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. So those years I was uh, doing hospital chaplaincy around Columbus. We're chatting with Father Ramon Awera from St. Dominic's and Holy Rosary St. John. So tell us about growing up in the Philippines. I want to set uh, the stage for uh, Simbangabi. But culturally, um, tell us about Catholicism in the Philippines. Well, as you know, Philippines is the third largest Catholic country in the world. About 80% of the people are really very devout Catholics. And I grew in a very Catholic uh, family. Our house not too far from the church, so every six o'clock when the uh, angelus bell rang, we gathered to pray the Holy Rosary with my grandma. And we were praying in Spanish because the old folks, they speak Spanish. <laughs> because as you know, Philippines were under Spain for uh, 375 years. So we inherited all this uh, tradition from the Spaniards, missionaries who were there. And I was an altar boy, and uh, we call it Misa de Gallo, because uh, early morning, the cup crawls, so that's the time we wake up and go to the church. Is that Mass of the Rooster? Yes, that's Boom. Mass of the Rooster. <laughs> All right. My, my, some of my Duolingo Spanish pays off. <laughs> yeah, it is very early morning uh, going to church, and the time varies. Especially now, in my, I was talking with my sister. She told me, "Oh, our Simbangabi or Misa de Gallo will start two thirty in the morning. Then there will be there are three uh, early morning mass beginning the sixteenth. So because." My parish now has grown so big because of the migration of uh, the Filipinos in that um, place, because there are factories over there, so we have a lot of people there to accommodate. So the pastor decided to have three masses early morning, beginning at 2.30. Then I think it will end at 5. Wow. <laughs> now... We don't do that here in Columbus. Nope, we 
doing it up in the, in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to wake up during winter. But you know, when I was in Toronto, I was there. We used to do it at 5.30 in the morning. It was amazing. People, they travel to, to come to that uh, early morning mass. So we celebrate the mass, and after that, we go down to the basement, and breakfast is prepared. So they eat their breakfast, and after that, they go straight to work. I want to ask you, Father, you, uh, in the Philippines, uh, St. John Paul II visited the Philippines in 1981. You would have been a high school student. Yes, I graduated my high school. He visited your high school? No, I was in my high school okay. uh, that time. But when Pope John Paul II visited there for work during 1994, I was in a seminary. Oh, my goodness. It was a great experience. I think five, uh, five million people in a sing- single gathering, I think, they said. So it was... Yeah, so that, cool, that, was that, yeah. was that for World Youth Day? Yes, it was for ah, okay. World Day. So he visited the Philippines twice, at least twice. So once in uh, the early 80s and then again for World Youth Day. And like you said, that, that was one of the largest gatherings of people ever. Yeah, five million. No one can break the record so far. And when Pope Francis uh, came, I think it was in 2014, they estimated around 6 million people gathered on that day. It was rainy day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any memories from uh, uh, John Paul II's visits? Yes. I could... Uh, it was so amazing. From the airport, people were just gathered on both sides of the road until to the noon shuttle. He was in the Pope Mobile and from the airport. A lot of people on the way. And some people, when they saw the Pope, they were really crying. Mm. Yeah, that's the very strong impact of John Paul II when he came. Yeah. I think, Dave, you're coming to a Simbangabi, right? Oh, yeah. I was so. Yeah, so. It's become a real special time of year for the Orsborn family. Um, I think this is maybe our fourth or, or fifth. We, we were so disappointed last year, Father, uh, yeah. Because, yeah. because of the weather. Um, uh, I was speaking with uh, uh, Eric Yang uh, uh, a week or so ago and um, just told him how disappointed that we were to miss uh, uh, the, uh, the feast last year and he's like oh, don't worry about it dave it was only the crazy filipinos that came well i think almost 200 people of filipinos came on that day <laughs> i tell you when it's in Bangabi, the filipinos did really make an effort even when i was in toronto canada oh there was a snow but still people they traveled one and a half hour and you had 200 people still yes at st we were st peter's for our last uh, evening of Simbanga, because we, ha- we have a potluck dinner. Yeah, and it, it's it's wonderful. So let's talk about the schedule. So Simbangabi actually begins 
this Friday night, right? Yes, um, at 6.30. 6.30 Mass at St. Elizabeth's Church. All the Masses this year will be at St. Elizabeth's Church on Sharon Woods Boulevard. Y- yes. And so it begins on the 15th, and then every evening there's a Mass. So yes. there's a little bit of change um, uh, to the schedule on, on Saturday night. The, the Mass yes. is at 7 p.m. Yes. And so then there's they... a mass at five thirty regular mass. Yeah. Okay. So all all those details um, you you can get on uh, on Facebook or um, give us a call here at the station. Everyone's invited, right? To yes. to participate. And, and tell tell our, our our friends when you walk into the church, when you walk into Saint Elizabeth for for these masses. It looks a bit different. Well, there. at uh, 6 o'clock, that's 30 minutes before the Mass, you pray the Holy Rosary. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important because these Masses are nine votive Masses to our Blessed Mother. Mm-hmm. And during the Mass, we sing some Tagalog songs, so you have the opportunity to, to listen to our Tagalog songs. Like for example, the Lord have mercy, that's Panginoon Maawaka. So I sing that. I am the cantor for that, then the choir will respond to. So then we sing Papuri, that's the, the, the Gloria. Usually during Advent, we don't use the... The, the Gloria, but uh, during this uh, votive masses, uh, it's being uh, it's it's there, but we we cancel it for uh, the Sunday of Advent. But during weekdays, we sing the Papuri in Tagalog. And, and we're speaking with Father Ramon Aguera, and, and there's worship aids. Because I, I want to encourage people to participate in this. It's, it's one of the, the gifts of our church, and you get to really see uh, how universal our church is and to enter into this cultural experience that, uh, that is so important to uh, the Filipino com- community. I invite everyone to participate and, and come and, and, and experience these masses. Um, there's worship aids available, right? To help yes. for those of us who haven't memorized the the mass is in, Tag- in English, <laughs> right? So only the song, some songs are in Tagalog. Yep. Father Aware, I actually don't know really much about Zimbangabi. Sing- <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> um, well, what is what does the word translate to? What does it mean? And what well, actually are we celebrating? Literally, it's a night mass. So it means night mass. Yeah, simba is to worship. Okay. And gabi is night, so night mass. So it's a devotional nine-day series of the Buddha masses to our Blessed Mother. Oh, particularly so a, to our Blessed yeah, Mother. Yeah, it's a preparation for, for Christmas. Okay. Why is it celebrated at night? Is there a significance to that? Well, originally, it is in the morning. Hmm. Early, early in the morning. 
because during the time the farmers they come to the mass early so that they can go to their farm early because of the the heat of, of the sun. So they always um, do that. That's why the mass is held very early in the morning. It's a big sacrifice, actually. I always tell the Filipinos, a prayer with sacrifice is pleasing to God. Mm-hmm. So it's a nine-day novena um, masses, right, leading yeah. up to the birth of our Lord. Yes. And then there's part part of uh, the whole experience um, are the lights and there's also a lantern, right? Uh, yes. At the, at the first day, we have the parade of lanterns. The different sponsors, they bring their own lanterns during the processional, uh, before the Mass, uh, as we begin the Mass. Then they will display it in front. Some lanterns, they have the lights there. So, and uh, the first day... They were required to wear Filipiniana. That's a dress very typical from Philippines. Yeah, the the men usually they use the barang tagalog. It's a kind of a polo, a special kind of cloth. And the women they have also their uh, women attire. Mm-hmm. So they they wear they, they wear that on that day and also the last evening 23rd yeah that's that's the big party right on on, on the 23rd that, yeah, that... 23rd there's a potluck but it is uh, you have to call for reservation because the pastor's hall has a limited capacity mm-hmm. so you cannot get over that so first come first serve right actually. yeah and and to RSVP this is an important point um the email address, uh, friends, is S G O C H. So Sam George O C H twenty three at gmail dot com. So if you're interested in in joining the potluck after the mass on December twenty third, uh, send off that email and, and make your reservation. So so mass that evening on the twenty third is at seven p.m at St. Elizabeth Church on Sharon Woods Boulevard. And then... The bishop is coming for that Mass. is the celebrant. And Bishop Fernandez will be the celebrant. Will you be... There's a song, right, at near the end of the Mass? Yes. Will you be singing that? No, I'm not singing this time. <laughs> no! Oh, come on, man. I was setting you up. Why not, Father? That's a long blessing of me. The good Lord bless and keep you. So that song. Before I used to that, but lately I, I stopped seeing that. So. Ah. Uh, well, we'll still come. But that was always a highlight for it because you do it beautifully. <laughs> sure, we can't talk you into it? I would say the, the day before, the eighth day. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
That's fair. That's fair. So, uh, Father also wanted to mention. Well, is there anything on Simbangabi that we missed that uh, that you'd like to highlight? So, I think we have covered so far the essentials for the coming of coming of Simbangabi. Uh, I don't uh, think anything is, for now. Uh, Father, are there any traditional? Um, cuisines or desserts that are particular to this time of year? Well, there are desserts available, and it's also there for sale, too, during the Simbangabi at an art at the church. So uh, vendors will be there also to, to sell some Filipino delicacies. Yeah, in the Philippines, we call the the putubungbo. It's a kind of rice cake. You know, in the Philippines, we have different uh, specialties. We we come to the different provinces. You know, Philippines is composed seven thousand one hundred islands, and there are three major islands, and a lot of uh, provinces. They have their own different dessert or or delicacies. So. So this coming Simbangabi, they will, some will uh, will offer that for people to taste it. Yeah, I really want to encourage you, I, I, all of our friends, all of our cafe friends, to uh, to make this a part of your Advent. Uh, it, the this community is so hospitable and so joyful that again, it, it we've enjoyed it. Um, and it's such a beautiful way to enter into the Advent season. So that's at St. Elizabeth's on, on Sharon Woods. Uh, and you can get information online. Just uh, uh, Google uh, Simbangabi Columbus and, and, and you'll get information on that. Father, uh, Father Ramon Awera, I also wanted to mention your combined choirs from St. Dominic's and Holy Rosary St. John will be performing Saturday night at yes. St. Joseph Cathedral. Yes. So it's this the gospel is... gospel choir about churches, so... That'll be beautiful. This is in yep. uh, part of what we're doing this year at the cathedral uh, on Saturday nights. Different choirs are uh, invited from around the city. Uh, this is where you'll also see the life-sized nativity scene, which is there uh, between the chancery and the cathedral. And then your choirs from St. Dominic and Holy Rosary St. John. This is this Saturday night, December 16th at 8 p.m. at St. Joseph Cathedral. So if you're looking for a wonderful thing to do with your families, I would say head downtown and and catch these choirs. So, Well, Father, we're going to uh, let you get on with your day. I know you have a full day ahead of you. Uh, can, yes. you leave, can you leave us right with now, your... Yeah. Right now, they're waiting for me at St. Dominic because we have whole day adoration. Oh. After here, I'm going to expose a bit of sacrament there. There are people already waiting there. Then after that, I'll go to the children's hospital. Then the afternoon, there's concentration at 3.30. Then there's a reposition of addiction at 5 p.m. Full day. Full day. Full day ahead day. of you. Can, uh, can you uh, leave us with your blessing? Yes. May your Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. God, gracious God, we thank you for today, and we ask the Lord to continue to bless us, show, show us your blessings, 
as you continue your journey, especially in this Advent season. Believe that without you, without your grace, with your blessings, we are nothing. And may the Lord bless you all. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Ramon Aguera from St. Dominic's and Holy Rosary St. John. God bless you, Father. We'll see you real soon. Yes. Thanks, Dave and Amanda. Bye-bye. Thank you, Father. Thanks. We're going to refill our mugs and be back in just a couple minutes to wrap up this morning. Thanks for being with us here in the St. Gabriel Cafe. Be right back. I lead a pilgrimage to the Holy Land every year, and in Jerusalem, you can walk up the same stairs the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, walked up to get into the temple. Something's striking about those stairs. They're uneven. Some are short, some are long. That's not an accident. The architects designed those stairs so you'd have to be mindful of what you were doing as you approached the dwelling place of God. If you weren't thinking about your steps, you'd trip. When you go to Mass, you're approaching something holier than the Old Testament temple. I know, it's often a mad dash just to get there on time, but try to be mindful of your steps. If you can, show up five minutes early to quiet your heart. Do a Google search of the Gospel of the Day to read it before you get there. Or bring a journal to jot down some thoughts that touched you during the homily. God shows up at every Mass. If you want to get the most out of it, make sure you show up too. Not just physically, but mentally and spiritually. This is Chris Stefanik from ReallifeCatholic.com. Welcome to the Catholic Man's Minute. Men, great fathers connect their children to the greatest father, God the Father. But to become great fathers, we must understand what a father is, his essence, his identity. The human father has the most challenging and important job in the world. He is divinely ordained to be an icon, a grace-transmitting symbol of God the Father. As St. John Paul II said, the human father is called to relive and reveal the very fatherhood of God. You are called to be a link between your children and God the Father. You are called to be the voice of the father they cannot hear, the face of a father they cannot see, the touch of a father they cannot feel. The human father is the visible icon of the invisible heavenly father. When we begin to understand, believe, and receive the love of God the Father, we can then give that love to our children. Today, transmit the love God has for you to your children. This has been the Catholic Man's Minute, produced by Catholic Men's Ministry in cooperation with Fathers of St. Joseph and their daily devotional, LEAD. For more information on these ministries and our annual men's conference, Go to catholicmensministry.com. I choose to teach in a Catholic school because we are all invested in nourishing the minds and hearts of our students. There's an unparalleled level of commitment from the students, the parents, the coaches, the faculty, the clergy, and the administration. Our kids are good to each other and want to learn, and that's the kind of place where I want to teach. Our Catholic schools are communities of faith and support that are different by design. Find your home here. 
Learn more at education.columbuscatholic.org. Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsport. I really enjoyed our conversation with Father Ramon. Uh, I, just uh, the prayer this morning uh, on just how great God is and, and how big our church is. Mm-hmm. And it really has been a lot of fun to experience another culture's um uh, celebration yeah. uh, of the season and so grateful um, that we were invited in, in, into this community, into the Filipino community to just share in their joy and have great food yeah. on, on December 23rd. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's easy for me to say, yeah, great food and, and just kind of leave it there. But it, it's really entering in, into the worship with, uh, with this community, with the Filipino community and the joy and the hospitality that, that they show us. And, and, and just not us. I mean, it's everyone who, who comes to celebrate with them, uh, so much joy. And, Mm -hmm. and for us to have that opportunity here in Columbus, um, to experience other cultures and, and the way that other, um, ethnic groups, other cultures, uh, and enter into the season and, and just show their love for God and, 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 and our blessed mother. Have you had similar experiences with other, other cultures and, and the way that they, um, just the way they worship? Yeah, actually. So I was at a church where a popular mission was being held. And so there were, um, seminarians and sisters who were visiting and uh, there was it was I was actually on Our Lady of Guadalupe and so they had this beautiful mass for Our Lady of Guadalupe and the church was decorated very special they brought in you know just this huge image of her and throughout the week people had been bringing in flowers and you know by the time of the mass she was just absolutely covered and the flowers were spilling everywhere oh, just beautiful. with everyone's admiration of her and love for her. And, um, so the mass was beautiful. And then all night they sang Marian hymns to her. Uh, literally, it was like a, just a visual of giving thanks to our lady and, um, her yes to our Lord. And there were the seminarians put on a, a little play for the kids and, um, had songs and people were selling sweetbread, pan dulce, and uh, Mexican hot chocolate, you know, with a little bit of spice in it. And it was just a beautiful time to come together and celebrate Our Lady of Guadalupe and, yeah, honor her for her, her yes and her goodness. So, yeah, it was quite quite an experience to be a part of. It does give you that that realization that the church is big and beautiful and we have many ways of expression and just encourage our friends to yeah our own traditions our own family traditions are are so important and absolutely um they just help define who we are as families yeah you know having those traditions but take this opportunity because uh we do have things available to us here locally uh such as simbangabee 
to enter into other people's traditions and enjoy their hospitality and see how how great God is and how he um, just is available to, and this is comes back to Guadalupe also, he came as um, an Aztec woman to Juan Diego. Mm-hmm. And, and so she was personal and relatable to Juan Diego. And then you step into these uh, festivities like Simbangabi that uh, it's very personal and traditional to to this uh, to the Fil- Filipino people. It's just a, a beautiful a beautiful way to celebrate uh, this season. One before we wrap up for the day, uh, the bishop released a letter last week uh, on the Immaculate Conception, right? Yeah, uh, Cam, on, was it on the feast? It was on the feast of the Immaculate Conception, talking about um, especially in wake of. Uh, issue one passing back at the beginning of November and really just like a rally call to the Diocese of Columbus. Uh, I think a lot of us since then have been left with the question of what do we do now? And and I'd encourage everyone to to get online, to get to the Catholic Times. That's where I think it's probably easiest to find the letter and, and it's not very far if you just scroll a little bit back in the local news section, you'll find it pretty quickly. Um, and Bishop Fernandez, the the one part I really wanted to highlight is um, he answers that question, what do we do now? Well, he calls us all um, that at the conclusion of the Christmas season to uh, practice the traditional abstinence from meat on Fridays. And that's not just like a specific Lent thing, but um, extends to the rest of the year. And, and he really just kind of accentuates that. I want to read this quote briefly and then. Uh, Again, encourage all of our friends listening to go to the Catholic Times. Uh, Bishop says that the idea behind the abstinence of meat on Fridays is not merely external, so it's not just to keep a rule, but it's a form of Christian uh, asceticism, and that our Catholic institutions and the diocese can and should take this discipline into account. What is demanded is not that external rule, but a conversion of our mindset and our culture with the hope that we'll be more mindful— of the children in the womb. And I just think that's so powerful for all of us to um, jump on board, talk about the bigness of our church, right? That it's not just exclusive to the Americans, um, uh, in, like English speaking Americans, but the Hispanic community, the Filipino community, the um, whatever community you're a part of, our church is all called to this practice. Amen. We're blessed by Bishop Fernandez and uh, he puts these uh, communications out and just want to make sure you don't miss this because we are so blessed by Bishop Fernandez and uh, he's a clear, beautiful communicator. So take the opportunity to uh, spend the time to read through this letter uh, and, and, and just be blessed by the Bishop's words. Thanks for being with us in the cafe today. Tomorrow we'll be back with Deacon Doug Iglesias and Ryan Eberhardt, and look forward to having you with us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. God bless you all. See you tomorrow morning.